When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. In today's episode, Justin talks to John Swedland to recap yesterday's National Signing Day. You can follow him on Twitter at John Swedland. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. We are excited to welcome John Swedland to the show here today. John is former owner of Husker Hype and uh, all-around recruiting aficionado. Um, we've we've been talking for a while, and actually, don't you know Mike uh, from back in the day or something? Uh, I do. Mike and I are actually uh, neighbors, so we grew up in the same neighborhood. I think two streets over. Uh, went to the same elementary school, but we never we never really uh, followed the same path after elementary school. So we fell out of touch. And uh, when I opened the the Husker Hype website a few years ago, Mike and I got back in touch and. Um, just stayed in touch really ever since. And then um, I met you through him and then you, you were out here for some stuff and we got together one night. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey kind of coming full circle with, you know, people through the website back into my childhood and other things. So yeah, it's been pretty fun. Husker football. It just brings people together. You just, you move to Arizona and you just can't escape it. It seems like that's so funny. Well, it was a big day uh, for recruiting for, you know, for all of college football. Um, and, um, Mike and I don't, we don't follow recruiting very closely, but it's really hard not to get excited about it right now. So, um, we've got John here to kind of be our expert for the day. Um, what, what, what was the highlight or the highlights for you today? I mean, it was a big day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really big day. Um, you know, a couple things happened today that's never happened before in Husker football. Um, uh, the first one is they landed 10, four-star recruits according to the composite rankings from 24-7 sports. Um, Scott Frost is the first coach to do that. Um, on top of that, he landed back-to-back-to-back to back to back top 25 classes for Nebraska. He's the only coach to do that in three consecutive seasons at Nebraska. Um, and those classes this year, according to rivals, are at 18 today and uh, 24-7 sports composite are at 20th. So a really strong day in the early signing period. The Huskers don't have much work to do after that. So it's been a, it's been really terrific. Um, and really the, uh, the biggest highlight today, everyone knows about, you know, the hubbub that has gone down over the last 24 hours for Caden Johnson, um, Omar Manning jumping in the other day as one of the top wide receiver recruits. Um, but for me, um, you know, lat- landing Jaden Francois out of Florida and then six other Florida players, um, committing to Nebraska is really the outstanding part. Um, you don't see that very often. Nebraska has, you know, depending on the coach, focus their efforts in California, Texas, you know, all over. But this this effort to pull players out of Florida was unique, uh, and is it something we haven't really seen for a long time? Um, and it was really good to see because some of these guys, man, they can they can really really play. So um, you know, the highly ranked guys are terrific. The Francois drama, I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but that was a that was a fun hour to follow along 
um, if you watch the Periscope video. But there's some really terrific guys out there that they landed who aren't highly ranked that I'm pretty high on. And hopefully we can talk about those in a bit. Yeah. You know, it's I think if you don't pay attention to college football, if you don't know the Huskers, you you might be a little surprised about us making hay in Florida. But when you stop and think that these guys spent two quality years at UCF and they, they you know, this whole staff came up here and then you've got um, um, Sean Becton, who was at UCF forever. I mean, we've got. We've got deep roots in Florida. Yeah, I mean, you think about some of the greats, and I don't want to name anyone from this class because they're all really unproven guys, right? I, I don't like to hide kids up too much. But you think about one of the best players ever to come out of Nebraska, or, and, and that was Tommy Fraser, and he came from Bradenton, Florida. So Nebraska has a history in the state of Florida. There's a past. You know, there's some tremendous rivalries with Miami that kind of you know, reared their heads today with yeah. Francois recruiting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Miami, Florida State, Florida, there's there's a deep connection to Nebraska and the state of Florida. And personally, I was really excited to see the work that Travis Fisher did today because um, it was something else to, to watch and not something most people really expected as of a month ago. So it was very, very cool to see. And is he, is he, he oversees Florida, like Florida's his territory, is that how it works? Yeah, so Travis Fisher coaches the secondary, so he's in charge of you know cornerbacks, defensive backs, safeties, however you want to classify those guys. Uh, and then part of his territory is uh, is the state of Florida. Um, you know, not to be undercut um, at all, but you know Nebraska has been really active, not only in Florida, but you know recent years they've put a lot of uh, emphasis on Georgia. They went in there and they landed a, a defensive lineman, Marquise Black, this year. Um, so I, I really like the attention that the Southeast is getting. Alabama is another big state that they've been a part of. Um, you know, quarterback Logan Smothers is from there, and he was a, he was a coup to get. You know, hopefully we can talk about him a little bit later. But Jamari Butler out of Mobile, Alabama, he's a terrific athlete as well. I'm really excited about the uh, the future that he presents for Nebraska. So a lot of terrific players, really out of SEC territory in general, um, that that could have an impact for some time here at Nebraska. You know, obviously the the former coaching staff tried to make the Calabrasca thing work, and it got a ton of attention. It got a bunch of guys to come visit, but it really didn't pay off in commits. Uh, whereas here, the maybe the less heralded Florida connection and the Deep South connection is is starting to um, reap some benefit. So that's that's exciting to see. Yeah, and, and just to I mean to, to talk on that, you know, Frost has st- said really the last two years he's been steadfast that he wants guys that want to be here. And I think, you know, there's a little bit of flash and things like that with the guys from California that Nebraskans typically aren't used to. Um, And I I feel really confident that this class is a lot of guys that want to be at Nebraska, that want to be special and want to work hard every day. So I think this is probably the first true class that really fits Frost mold. Um, You know, you saw that last year with with guys like Wandale Robinson coming in, Ty Robinson, Casey Rogers, and, and a host of other guys. So it's not that that has not been a thing but you know this class really is the huskers first true you know 48 month recruiting cycle all right. these guys come in they all know the pitch they all know the message um so hopefully that you know breeds nothing but success for the future and you know sticking with the florida theme for a little bit longer i think uh some of the in-state schools were really surprised i mean this is not original thought obviously there was a lot a lot of activity on twitter around the miami fans just being shocked and assuming we were cheating but that was kind of (laughs) kind of funny to realize man these people just got smoked and they can't figure out why 
You know, dominoes start with one domino, and, and Nebraska should give thanks to uh, to a couple of kids for this class being as strong as it is. Um, you know, Henry Gray, who's a safety commit, uh, a top recruit out of Hollywood, Florida, Central High School down there. He's been super active. If you follow him on Twitter, you know, we're not done yet. You know, just mm. wait. We got this coming. Um, he's really been a, a vocal spokesperson to help expand the brand down there. Um, and then cornerback Ronald Delancey III. Um, he's out of Miami, Florida, Northwestern High School. Um, you know, he was vocal as well. Like, don't sleep on us. Like, we're going to do big things. And he was really one of those guys that was, you know, on the back end talking to all the other guys. And it's great when you have, like, one top player saying that. But when you have, you know, this this tight-knit community in Florida and, and a lot of guys are hearing that message, yeah, um, it bodes nothing but but good things for Nebraska. There was, a, there was a couple other guys as well, you know, from the Florida area. Um, that I'm excited about, you know, Francois is one of those guys. And you mentioned his drama a little bit today. You know, he was set to sign at eight o'clock central time this morning. Um, and right as they were starting, um, he got a call. It was allegedly from the Miami coaches making a last minute pitch to try and sway him into Miami. Um, and, and it didn't work. It, you know, he was upset. He, he cried a little bit. Mm. Um, he walked out of the gym then he walked out of the building, made a phone call to Nebraska um, you know, there was a rumor that Travis Fisher was leaving. You know, I don't know who put that in, in, in someone's head, but um, probably the guy who called first from, you know, Shamami. I don't want to say the school. <laughs> but, you know, you know, when you make when you try and land a guy like that and say, well, that coach isn't going to be here. And then, you know, you turn around, you pick up the phone, you call the head coach and he says, no, man, he's going to be here. And then you get on the phone with with Coach Fisher. He's like, no, man, I'm going to be here for the long haul. You know, Fisher even went out today. He's not an active guy on Twitter, you know, coach Tuioti, he's out there, you know, taking pictures of his hat in front of every high school and mm-hmm. you know, spreading the Nebraska brand. So are some other guys, you know, for Dusko, for as cheesy as that guy is, you know, he's out there, he's in pictures, he's got his own unique brand. He's really appreciated and well-received. Um, but Fisher, you know, he's just silent, man. He, there's not much activity. And for him to come out and tweet how much he loves Nebraska and that he looks forward to coaching these guys for the next four or five years, that really quelled a lot of those, um, concerns that were popping up. So, you know, shout out to to Fisher for you know not being active and choosing a good time yeah. to utilize his social media strategic because timing. you know they landed a great kid out of it. So, did you watch that whole thing unfold? I watched. I watched about the first first thirty five minutes, and then you know it was on Periscope, so anyone and everyone could comment. And you know, we talked about the whole rivalry between Nebraska and Florida schools, and there's a lot of jabs, and you know grown adults you know talking like 10 year olds and mm. and slagging each other so it was i mean it was a it was an interesting day because you know you don't see a lot of drama like that in the past nebraska actually saw drama like that with a wide receiver a few years ago um jameer calvin who That's went right. committing to oregon state and then flipping to washington state after that you know he was visibly upset kind of crying you could tell his heart was with nebraska but you know maybe the family wanted him to be a lot closer and you man, I, I hate to you know, I hate to think about we've, what we've lost, but he has been an exceptional player for Washington State, and I hope we have you know a similar outcome from a lot of these players that that Frost landed today. Well, um, what uh, from from a needs based perspective? Um, obviously, recruiting is about filling needs. We we lose a lot uh, of of le- senior leadership, and and a lot of people have 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 said that. Well, we've had so many poor seasons, so obviously the seniors aren't that great. But nevertheless, 
there's some great guys that are leaving. What what kind of needs did the team get addressed by through this recruiting class? Yeah, this will be a little controversial. Most people would jump right on the wide receiver train, and, and I don't disagree with that one iota. You know, Omar Manning is a day one contributor for the next two years. He's built like it. He plays like it. As long as his academics in order, he'll be here. Um, they landed, you know, a little bit smaller guys that, you know, are right around six foot or a little bit smaller, but, you know, they're fast, they're shifty, they can catch the ball out of the backfield, much like Wandale. Uh, those guys are Marcus Fleming. Um, and then uh, Alante Brown is the other guy. Um, so the, I'm excited about those guys because you'll see that, you know, that Wandale Robinson-esque player continue to, you know, come out in another class for Nebraska. And then Xavier Betts, um, you know, homegrown kid out yeah. of Bellevue. Um, he didn't sign today, so we don't have a letter of intent from him. He has quite a bit of work to do from his academics. I hope he'll be here. Um, I don't know. You know, you hear mixed messages that it's not going well, that, you know, he's getting the help he needs to, to get there. So I hope he makes it. But for me, the biggest pickups in this class, and you could tell by the emphasis on these positions later, um, linebacker and secondary were probably the biggest two. Um, they landed Keyshawn Green, who visited just the other day. Um, out of another kid out of Florida, he's a man. He's he's an athletic kid. He closes really quick. He's super. I think he's the the fastest testing linebacker out of Florida or the Southeast um, from some of the camps he's been to. And you can see it on film. He's got great instincts. And then uh, Ateva Malgo Clements at, at linebacker. He's a JUCO kid. He's a little undersized. That he I think he's six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. But man, he he's fast. He shows you know good aggression when he attacks the ball. Um, I just don't have a, a ton of tape on him in, in pass coverage to see how that's going to go. But you know, Nebraska fans, you know, will lament you know losing to Iowa and not being able to cover the right players. But but these two guys at the inside linebacker position make a huge difference. They give Nebraska a ton of upside from an athletic standpoint um, going into the next you know three to four years. So it's an interesting mix. You know, um, they, they landed some other great outside linebackers. So five total. Uh, linebackers in this class, two inside linebackers and in Keyshawn Green and uh, Malgo Clements. Um, but an outside linebacker, they landed Nico Cooper, who is a, a defensive end slash outside linebacker. He's terrific rushing the passer. He's got a really nice frame. Blaze Gunnerson out of Iowa. He's just the behemoth of a kid. I think he's another defensive end outside linebacker hybrid. Um, and one of the guys I'm the most excited about um, at the outside linebacker position is Jamari Butler. Um, you know, he's, he's 6'2", 215 pounds. He reminds me a lot, uh, of how we use, you know, Garrett Nelson and Ben Steely this year. He just explodes off the line. He beats guys with a speed rush. Um, and I, I think he'll bring that, that missing, um, kind of juice to that outside linebacker pass rushing role that we we've been missing for a long, long time. So, um, those are my, my big ones say were the linebacker guys. Yeah. Cause I think you just, you needed to overhaul the position. Sure. Not that there's bad guys there, but yeah, there's only two seniors next year. Everyone else is pretty unproven, so this gives you a good crop of guys to mix together and uh, you know may- maybe mix and match some strength with athleticism at inside linebacker, and then you know develop the pass rushing stuff too. Yeah, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just kind of anecdotally thinking back, I feel like we've missed on a lot of outside linebackers um, in the first two. Uh, you know, the first kind of the first recruiting cycle for Frost was so quick, and then the second one is was. Uh, was just a year and I do feel like we've missed on a lot so it's great to hear that we're finally hitting on some a bunch a, a number of, of good ones here all at the same time um linebacker was you know we had some some strength at the top but it was thin so excited yeah. to to get some young blood that 
I don't know, I think can probably make a difference quickly. Yeah, I think I think it's probably one of the the quickest overhauls we'll see because of this class from a position standpoint. Because you have a you have a healthy mix of, of JUCO players and high school players, and guys like Keyshawn Green, man, they're they look ready to go from day one. So does a you know Blaze Gunnerson, and you know you're not talking about packing 30, 40 pounds of mass on a kid, but um, so I, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, being in the three four defense, you know, for a number of years now. I think probably the uh, a misnomer is that oh we're good you know we we've got good linebackers and maybe they're good in a four three but you really didn't have the the right mix of guys to execute a three four well and I think between you know last year's class with with a few guys and now this year's class you've got a healthy mix of probably ten guys now that you know that should be fighting for those eight spots on the two deep that I'm excited about. Well, yeah, and it's it's. Maybe an a an, uh, uh, duh kind of statement, but when you go from a four three to a three four, like that's one extra linebacker position. It's 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 one of the most important areas on the field. And and um, no no, I don't feel like I'm saying anything of rocket science here, but you got to have them. <laughs> you know, and there's an even you bigger feel emphasis. That way, but it's but but when you're talking about replacing a defensive end, who's a who's a you know hand in the in the dirt kind of guy in, in the applying pressure or coming from an outside linebacker position to apply pressure to having to fight off, a, you know, a left tackle, a right tackle, which typically are some of the most talented players on a team. It changes what that role is and it changes the type of player you need. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think we've recruited well in the past five years at outside linebacker. So, um, hopefully this will lead to some, some quick changes next season. It's, I, I feel like one of the positions that we haven't talked about, and I'm saying we broadly being just Husker fans in general, uh, is quarterback. We haven't talked, we haven't worried about it because Logan Smothers has been committed for so long and he's been so consistent. It's almost, I feel like we've talked about him like he's already in the program, um, but that's such a huge addition from today as well. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Logan? Man, I... You're right. I mean, I feel like he should be here already, and he will be. He's an early enrollee, so he'll be here in a couple of weeks, you know, competing this spring with the rest of the guys. Um, I think he's a hell of a talented kid. Um, he was widely recruited a year ago. Um, you know, Alabama, Auburn, everyone wanted him, but he established a connection with uh, Coach Mario, who coaches the quarterbacks, and, you know, kind of that quirky guy really paid off. You know, that's a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest. You know, he keeps things, you know, really lively. So, you know, he, you know, he's down there all the time meeting with not only Logan, but with his, you know, with his, uh, with his, I think it's his brother, Shane, um, who's a, who's a coach down there in Alabama has moved around. Um, um, but so he's just smothers as an athlete, man. He, he can pass the ball. He can run the ball. I think he's a terrific fit for frost offense. Um, you know, I've always, I've always felt that Nebraska did a good job of having a, an okay quarterback at the starting position the last decade, um, but really never had depth. You know, God, Tommy Armstrong goes down. Taylor Martinez goes down. Anyone goes down. Adrian Martinez went down last year, and you're just like, oh, man, is the next guy ready? You know, do we have someone to back him up? And I feel like, you know, from, from a three-class standpoint, Frost has probably done the best job of overhauling the quarterback's room. You know, he's got Adrian Martinez, Noah Vedral. Uh, he's got Andrew Bunch. Um, he's got McCaffrey, and now he's going to add Smothers. So that's five guys that will really be competing this spring if Bunch sticks around because you know, he's a walk-on. He's in the transfer portal. But, you know, he can, 
he can throw the ball. If he doesn't stick around, he'll be a, he'll be a nice quarterback for whoever picks him up. Um, but I mean, that's a four or five man race that yeah. in the spring Frost said today in his press conference that it'll be a wide open battle. And I hope that's true. You know, Adrian has, you know, we've learned now that he's played banged up almost all year from day, from game one. So, um, uh, it'll be interesting to see where the quarterback position is at after spring ball, you know, do, do guys like Vedral who are the, you know, technically, uh, you know, battling Adrian for the starting spot, do they stick around? Um, and when you have a guy like Smothers coming in, who's not afraid of competition, wants to come in, wants to put in the work, along with a guy like McCaffrey and Adrian who want to do the same thing, it just bodes nothing but but blessings for the next four or five years in Nebraska football. Well, it'll be really interesting to see how Frost manages these guys. I mean, as you've just said, a loaded room, their ages are spread out. Um, how do you keep them all happy? Um, can you keep them yes. all happy? I mean, as we shall see. I'll be really yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's it's a good problem to have, but if you mismanage it, you you might have, I don't know. If you mismanage it, bad things could happen, but at least it's better to lose guys than not have them. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I feel you. Um, I, it's been so, the position's been so, how do I put this? It's lacked depth for so long that I don't think Nebraska fans really realize how different that is at other schools. There's always three guys at a minimum that could compete, come in and run an offense for most power five schools. That's not been the case in Nebraska. So, you know, I, I watch the guys on the sideline, you know, Luke McCaffrey, you know, scores a touchdown, Adrian celebrating with him. Um, McCaffrey scores a touchdown and, you know, Federal's running out on the sideline celebrating with him. So I, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's competition because there has to be, you know, you have to have that. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like the camaraderie is off the charts in that room. And even if you lost one guy who, you know, maybe wanted to seek playing time elsewhere. Um, I don't think it's a big loss for Nebraska. I just, I think they've got so many weapons. Yeah. Um, that it's just not going to be. That that's an interesting point you make about, um, about every other power, power five school has, you know, backups on hand. You think about how long, not having a good backup has been a problem for Nebraska. You think back to back to Jamal Turner, or not Jamal Turner, <laughs> Jamal um, Lord, Jamal Lord, and he was supposed to play. He was supposed to play safety, and he probably could have played in the NFL for a decade at safety. Um, but uh, backup quarterback situation, starting quarterback recruit didn't pan out. And then you think of like I think of names like Kurt Dukes. I think of oh, with Bo, the guy who's down playing baseball now. Um, he, he had a couple baseball players um, that didn't pan out, um, and we've so previous coaching staffs have have gone big and have have whiffed, and uh, so yeah, props to Frost on on finding the guys they want, especially with Logan finding them early and um, getting them to campus, and now we'll see how he he manages all that, and I think everybody is thrilled for a competitive quarterback competition this spring. Um, Absolutely, I agree. So we've been talking about needs met. Um, do you have a sense of maybe misses or um, needs that were not met? You know, the Huskers missed out on uh, outside linebacker Caden Johnson out of Minnesota today. I think that was a, a case of numbers and here, um, and he was kind of teetering around this last week. So I, I you know, I, I would say linebacker or outside linebacker, but, you know, they they brought in five guys, as we mentioned earlier. So I, I really 
I, I went from a you know oh man to a, oh yeah oh man it's not <laughs> it's not near as bad as I thought. Yeah. So um, my concerns, you know, I I was one of those guys. I used to play NCAA football as a kid, and you know playing the game was fun. I was good at it, but man, what I really loved was you know setting up the the recruiting and managing the depth chart and looking at you know who do I have coming up or you know if someone goes down who do I put in there and um, you know for me the biggest miss in this class is probably um, the offensive line. You know, they signed a terrific kid. He's a top 100 recruit in Turner Cochran. Um, absolutely fantastic prospect. Uh, they landed Alex Kahn as well out of Kansas. Uh, and, and, but, and they didn't sign anyone else. So, you know, when you look at our offensive line and, you know, you look at the woes for the, for the first two seasons, seasons of Frost tenure, you just say, man, we just don't have anyone who can play offensive line. And it's not that there's not guys. It's that there's no depth. So right. in the in Frost's first class, he only signed one offensive lineman. That was uh, uh, Will Farniok, the offensive center, who's now a backup to Cam Jurgens. Um, and, and you know they signed a bunch of guys in year two, four guys, and there's some really talented guys there. But they all need time to develop. Um, and so you're talking about really developing a, a second and third string with this class, and you only signed two guys. So you address the need at offensive tackle. Um, with Cocker and he presumably will take over at left tackle at some point in his career. Um, but there's really no depth unless you're counting some of these guys that are developing. So I would like to have seen the Huskers take, you know, another offensive lineman for sure in this class. So I think that's my biggest miss is, you know, a third offensive lineman and maybe they take one here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Frost did land a transfer from Colorado state, um, Nordin Nueli. Um, he helps with that quite a bit. You know, he started, you know, really, really young as a freshman for Colorado State. Didn't play much football. Uh, um, he's listed as being from Firth, Nebraska. Hmm. So Nebraskans will love to hear that. But he's yeah. actually from Germany. So he's only played ball for, you know, a couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, does he get a waiver to play immediately? Because he could really help shore up the, the guard position for Nebraska, you know, next season. Um, or two seasons from now. So and he's he's um, going to be yeah. a, a walk on, right? He doesn't get a scholarship right he, away. Correct. So he'll start as a walk on. Then you know if he earns a scholarship from there, you know he should be in my in my opinion he should be in the the picture at um, the left guard position as soon as next season if he gets his waiver to play immediately. Um, and I think he'll earn a scholarship pretty quickly because he's if you watch him on film. There was a a viral video of how offensive linemen pass block. Um, and it actually is featuring him. So Colorado State, you know, drops back into a pass play. Three guys rush. No one touches him. And the center's engaged with the defensive tackle or nose tackle. And <laughs> he comes up and he absolutely levels the guy. Hmm. Knocks him out of his cleats. He just flattens him. Um, and it's a great clip because he, he gives him the big hit, smacks him. And he backs up looking for someone else to hit. So it's exactly what you want, <laughs> nice. you know, from from a kid who's young and developing. You know, you want that uh, that that fire that we've seen with guys like, you know, Incognito and uh, and a few other guys recently. But you know, we've never had enough of. So um, I'm excited about him. I, I think he has a really good shot to earn a scholarship pretty quickly um, for the Huskers on O line and help kind of ease those concerns at offensive line. But That'll be a big deal for for the next year's class, 2021, to make sure they take you know three or four offensive linemen um, in that class to make sure that they're staying consistent. So, cool. um, other than that, you know, man, they addressed needs at quarterback with Smothers, running back they landed Marvin Scott, who's physically ready to play according to Frost, um, Sevian Morrison out of Oklahoma, 
Alabama actually stole Oklahoma's running back commit. There was there was rumors that Oklahoma would make a late offer to Sevion and try and pull him in, but he's another longtime recruit who's been in for a long time. Nebraska was his first offer. I think he is the most all-around complete back that Nebraska signed in this class. Um, they take four wide receivers. Um, they didn't take a tight end really this year, um, but I think that really speaks to um, the Rutgers transfer, Travis right. uh, Vakalik. Yeah, um, I think, and, and you know, and some of the other guys. The uh, scout team, uh, Vakalik was re- was named the uh, scout team offensive player of the year. Yeah, so I mean, offensively, other than O line, there's really no one else to go after, and then. You know, we've exhausted how, how well they did with the secondary this class, the outside linebacker, inside linebacker. Um, and then they've landed another, you know, three for sure defensive linemen. And some of these outside linebackers can play um, defensive ends. So, uh, my again, my biggest thing is O-line and making sure that, you know, that pipeline continues to be healthy for the next five years. What was the biggest surprise of today for you, John? Oh, man, it's definitely Francois. Yeah. Um, not, not even surprised with the drama around it. Oh, I didn't yeah. think Nebraska had a had a good shot at huh. landing him going into today. It was kind of, oh, you know, maybe we'll get him. And then it was, no, Nebraska's got him. And then, no, Nebraska's really got him. Um, so he was definitely my, my biggest surprise. But I was, I was really thrown off by the stats from today. You know, if you look at the Big Ten signees, according to 24-7 Sports, um, and you look at the team rankings specifically – it, Nebraska landed 10 four-star commits for the first time. Um, that's fourth place uh, in team rankings um, for the Big Ten, which is you know it's pretty darn good when you're talking about following up Ohio State, who's got 15 four-stars and two five-stars. Um, they're, they're two players or three players behind Michigan, who's got 13 four-stars, and they're only one player behind Penn State. So hopefully, you know, we talk about recruiting – but hopefully Nebraska can really continue to develop the, this class along with the last few um, to start to change that that dialogue in the Big Ten about, you know, where does Nebraska belong and where does it fit into it? Because I, I really was surprised that we've never had, you know, back-to-back-to-back classes that are top 25. That, yeah, that always that's felt like we always me. had top 25 classes. Um, and Frost was the first coach to do it himself. Um, they did it, I think it was 05 through 07. Uh, but that split, you know, Callahan and Pelini. So um, I'm just surprised. I, I was kind of staggered to see that stat today. Um, and if, you know, if, if everything shakes out, they'll have two top 20 classes in a row. So hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the you know, NCAA teams kind of, you know, mix and move over the next, you know, what is it now, through February. So right. um, those are my biggest surprises, Francois and then, the stats behind it. You got to go all the way down to 27 before you find the next Big Ten West team, and that's Purdue. I'm looking at rivals right now, and uh, Iowa comes in at 29. So there's there's a pretty big drop off there. Yeah, my mom's Iowan, so I, I try not to talk about it. But you know, um, those those schools, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, um, Maryland, Purdue. You know, they're all they're all nice schools. They do good things, but you know, I mean, some of those guys that you know. Wisconsin has four four stars and fifteen five or three stars, but man, they you wouldn't know that when you look, you know, when you line up next to them or across from them on the field because they do a heck of a job developing their talent. So, to me, I I hope Nebraska can you know really swing things around. Probably the biggest surprise in the Big Ten was Minnesota. Um, You know, for the year they had and they had a year, um, they signed two four stars and twenty four three stars. They were on Caden Johnson late, but you know PJ Fleck is a 
he's an interesting and unique guy. So mm. he, he looks for things that other people don't look for. So, you know, maybe we're missing something in the recruiting evaluations, but coming in at ninth, according to 24 seven sports, Minnesota, it was a lot farther, a that lot farther ninth down in the big 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that is surprising. Well, Hey, just so. to wrap things up, um, I, I don't know about you, but I was super impressed by everything that the Huskers were doing on social media today. Um, I mean, they had uh, really well done short videos for each commit. Um, you had Husker greats and people who played at the position recently tweeting at people. Who, so like when Logan Smothers committed, Eric Crouch tweeted at him. And when Savion committed, uh, Amir Abdullah tweeted at him. So you had, you had this kind of future and past interaction that was really neat and uh man they just continue to get it done yeah i mean that it's interesting because you know you think about all the the prior coaches riley Pellini, callahan and they're all good at some things but one of the things i felt that they never really connected with all three head coaches was how do you blend the history of nebraska and the players and all these things that built nebraska with the current Hmm. um Hmm. Nebraska has overhauled their their social media team. Um, a guy named Kelly Mosier ran right. really the the whole like edits and, and design side of that for a number of years. He's moved on. Um, they've hired some new people. Ora Garst, I think he was at Baylor, kind of talking off the cuff here, but I think he came from Baylor. And you look around the Big Ten and, and around the country, and there's a lot of social teams that you know are four or five or six years behind where we're at. You know, thanks to Kelly and Aura and those guys, Nebraska is really at the top of their game. The edits were crisp. They were clean. They featured, you know, you know, cool graphics and movements and effects. But then they also looped in, um, you know, the, the huddle tape and, and things like that. And that's really not something you saw a lot of today. Um, I personally was really impressed um, with Baylor. You know, it's kind of cheesy. I'm not going to lie. Um, but they had Muppets. And they were recreating the commit signing videos. So what? a lot of people just thought it was Muppets and it was cheesy. But if you go pull up Baylor football's Twitter account, you'll see all the commits who had signing videos. They redid those with Muppets. There's a guy oh riding in a, I don't know if it was a Humvee or what it was. And he's got this big old spinner rims on it. And there's green smoke coming out of it. But if you look at his commitment video, it meshed up with it. So huh. um, that's hilarious. a lot of really cool and unique things. And I hate to give an old foe a lot of credit, but um, – one of the guys from the, the Adidas kind of social team that, that's really big in high school and college football pointed out today that Oklahoma did something super unique, and I think Texas might have as well. But they took the, the NCAA rule where you know players are allowed to have branding and you know, have you know endorsement deals and really monetize their image and likeness. And they Oklahoma created websites for each player, and then they also put together like a small branding package. So they had logos and other things. So. You know, if, if you're really into this stuff, you know, check out Baylor. Their stuff is pretty funny. I'm actually going to go see Die Hard, the, the Christmas musical, in, in about a week and a half. So, obviously, I think puppets and Muppets are funny. Um, but, you know, you look at Oklahoma and you look at some of these schools and they just do so many creative things. Yeah. Nebraska's social team is on top of it. Um, their edits have been good this year. I think they still have room to grow there, but the video production for Nebraska in the last 18 months has gone from ho-hum to off the charts good. So, I mean, I, I just, um, you, yeah, watch, those you watch those 17 second clips and 
you know, I don't have much video editing experience, but I've done a little bit back in the day, and it's just like that took that took a lot of work. <laughs> that they were able to create a uh, a template and then plug in different things, but even the plugging was labor intensive. I mean, that was a lot of work that went in. So anyway, if, <clears throat> if anybody at the Huskers Twiddle Hander, Twindle, Twitter handle is listening, we appreciate you. You're doing great work. Yeah, I agree. You know, what they did isn't easy. Some schools, you know, I, I'll call out USC because no one from USC is going to listen to this podcast, hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, get in my missions, we can talk. <laughs> but they just slapped people's heads on bodies. You know, they did Photoshop edits. And I think, you know, when you talk about the investment from top down as a program that Bill Moose and Scott Frost have made, they've invested significantly in social um, as, as a program over the last 10 years. We've done that. Frost has amplified that and continued that with his team that he's crafted because most people don't know this, but it used to be one team for the entire athletic department. So, you know, the same guy that did a football edit might do a baseball edit or, you know, do the graphics for the baseball game. And when Frost came in, he segmented that, and, you know, AD stuff over here, football over here. And that's really given them a, hmm. a chance to highlight that brand. And hmm. I think you'll see a lot of their work that, that we don't get to see, you know, stuff that's unpublished. I think you'll see a lot more of that, you know, in the new football facility and and their influence from a technology standpoint, because they're using, you know, 4K cameras. They do the 360 degree panographic, you know, photo once a year in the football stadium where, you know, fans can tag themselves and, you know, get a cool photo. And, you know, man, they, they turn the lights off. They do the ribbon boards all red and all that game day experience and, and things that you see, you know, visually in the stadium. Their team's got a hand or, or a major part in that because they they take the message from frost and his staff they craft the message they put it together and not only do they send out the edits and things to recruits and signees but then they take that and they push it into the game day experience so there's a lot of stuff that people don't see um that those guys do and you're right if people are listening or they're paying attention and they want to thank those guys you know or garst and his team he retweets a lot of his players or a lot of his staff stuff so pay attention to those guys because You'll see nothing but cool content coming out from them for the foreseeable future. And, you know, Nebraska is a program that we've always been on the cutting edge of things, whether it's weight training or nutrition or field turf or Husker vision, uh, whether it's uh, the brain trauma research that we're doing. We always have been on the cutting edge of things. So it's cool to see that that's continuing to happen in new areas like social. So, um, well, John, is there anything else we should touch on? I, I feel I've asked all my questions. You know, really the only thing I want to touch on is I'm just impressed by the staff. You look at a month ago, they had a lot of question marks. I I think there were only, you know, what was it, 10-ish commits or 15 commits. You know, they had to close up to 25. So we'll probably see, you know, maybe one more commit. The Huskers will be active in the transfer portal. But, you know, kudos to this staff because they were really behind the eight ball. um, And they did a great job of closing this season out stronger than most everyone thought. Um, I'd like to give you my dark horses, too. I think you need to keep an eye out over the next two seasons for Logan Smothers. We talked about him quite a bit. Um, we didn't mention him, but but cornerback Ronald Delancey the third. Go watch this kid's tape. He's definitely my dark horse on the secondary. He's a cornerback. He reads quarterbacks when he's playing off coverage. He anticipates throws. He makes breaks on balls, and he's and he's a, a vicious tackler. So he's definitely my dark horse and underrated commit for the class. And if you haven't had a chance to check out anyone's film make sure you check out his because it's it's about as impressive as it comes cool i'll do that well hey it's been great talking to you maybe we'll have to reconnect after the final signing day in february and see if there's much change 
Um, but uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of the holiday season. And, uh, you know, it'll be a, a, a pretty quiet finish for the Huskers going into February at this point. Yeah, that well, you know, quiet is good at this point, you know. <laughs> quiet, quiet. It's better than, you know, looking for guys last minute and making some noise. So. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you have a great holiday as well. You too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, go Big Red. Cheers. Thanks again to Mr. Swedland for joining us on the podcast. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at John Swedland. That's at J-O-H-N-S-W-E-D-L-U-N-D. And thank you for listening. If you like hearing me and Justin bicker about Husker football, be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and go Big Red. Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.